0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at BYTE.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael.
1: Hey. What are y'all doing? Are y'all talking about food? Can we talk about food for a little bit? Oh, we're talking about food today. Okay. We're doing that. Okay. I'd, I'd like to. What's happening? What else do you want to talk about? Uh, we'll talk about some
0: opening weekend baseball. All right. Because that was something that happened. Talk about some basketball. Cause that's something that's happening. Yeah. That's, that's a fun, that's a very fun thing that's happening. Football things are happening. Did you see there's a new staff member hired today? The rec- on campus recruiting Cor- coordinator
1: to replace, uh, Charlie B. Strong's. Yeah. Yep. So we'll
0: talk about that. I don't know if specifically we'll talk about that, but any further than what we've already done. But this morning though, let's, let let's recenter ourselves here. Okay. I'm ready. Um, if you guys listen to Dinger Derby, which you should be, if you're not, you need to head over there, go ahead and hit pause, go over there, subscribe, get caught up with Keith and all the Texas Tech baseball podcasting you can handle. He made sure to, to, to ground us again. He said, if you, he was talking about our podcast and say they are first and foremost a food podcast. It's like, yes, thank you. Let's, let's get back to our roots here. I noticed that. That was a nice nod. So there was something that actually came up organically. I wasn't searching out for this, but it happened this morning. I found an eye-opening Twitter thread, conversations, if you will, about strange food combinations. One, it started off from a Sam Stevens. Wow, I just looked it up and I can't remember. Anyways, he was talking about weird food combinations that you had as a kid. And then our friend over at um, Red Dirt Sport, Jay, who joined us for the OU Football Preview Podcast, um, he had a a retweet and a comment about, okay, let's talk about all your weird food combinations that you have as as an adult.
1: Both great, great reads. Yeah. Um, A lot of fun stuff. I I'd kind of missed missed the boat on those tweets, but I got to catch up before we... Started And so I think now we're going to kind of dive into what we're going to talk about our own, our own. Yeah,
0: we are. And I'm going to go first. Okay. I don't know if it's really strange, but it's something that Samantha introduced me to doesn't sound like it should work, but it's a wavy
1: Lay's barbecue potato chip dipped into sour cream, just sour cream, just sour cream. Now I have, I believe I have done that with a sour cream flavored dip. Like those Gandy's, that Gandy's Fiesta dip. Boy, that's some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> or the Gandy's Jalapeno or their, I used to get their French onion. Hmm. But I don't know if I've done it with just straight up sour cream. Okay, no, I could see that. I it, could see that. Like I said, it doesn't sound like it should work. It's an interesting combination. theres
0: I don't, I'm not sure how it works. So I'm, I'm team, team to, Wavy Lays. Samantha so turned me onto it. I, when she has the, the craving to, to bust those out and have some, I'm like, save me some. Wavy um, Lay's um, are
1: superior to Ruffles. Yeah. There, I sure. said it. Mm-hmm. I said it. I don't really have strong takes on I'm chips. i probably going to lose a lot of listeners because of that.
0: <laughs> but some of the other like really strange ones that we read were this this one girl said that she and her sister used to have pool chips. Mm-hmm. Which were, they would take tortilla chips and dip them in their apartment swimming pool. <laughs>
1: Um, apparently (laughs) chlorine pairs
0: well with tortilla chips. There was one that said they would dip strawberries into ranch. Oh, I don't see how that works. No, that one just sounds
1: awful. I I think, I think that one's, that's when you're trying too hard. There were some that were trying to
0: be involved in the conversation. Like, what about peanut butter and honey? I was like, get out of here. Yeah. Come on. That's child's play. That's nothing. Or peanut butter and syrup. I was like, that's not any different than peanut butter and honey. I eat that in my sleep. Get out of here. Um, One thing that uh, my aunt turned me on to, again, this is not like earth shattering, but she would have me, she taught me to put peanut butter on my pancakes or waffles and then syrup. Um, One, it's a super dense and heavy meal. So be prepared to skip lunch that day.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Or or that's a good breakfast for supper candidate. Sure. It's it's dense.
0: (laughs) It's a heavy food. It's got your calories and carbs and sugars and nothing else. Some fat, because you've got some... some there is a little bit there. of protein with... with Yeah, there is a little bit. <laughs> Very little. Um, changed my life. The other thing I, I've done before, uh, when I when I lived in Germany for a little bit, I, I had never had Nutella. It took me moving to Germany to have Nutella. Nutella and peanut butter?
1: Dude, so good. I've never even... It's, it's like a Reese's. It's a peanut butter and chocolate. I've never thought of combining anything with Nutella, because a few times I've had it, I thought, well, this is... This is all you need in life. Yeah, this is pretty
0: good. Anyway, so barbecue chips and sour cream. If you're bold, try it out.
1: I'd give that a shot. I totally <laughs> would give that a shot. Okay, I've got some weird ones. One I've shared on Twitter already. Ooh, and it has to—it has to do with my unhealthy love of orange juice, <laughs> which we can no longer keep at the house, and I haven't bought in years because I grew up completely misunderstanding that, oh, well, orange juice is good for you. It's healthy. <laughs> and it's okay. It's not bad for you. I, well, as much as I drank, yeah, it's bad for you. I'd go through like a gallon in a week, like <laughs> That's a gallon a lot of orange juice. Yeah. The Tropicana pure premium or the, uh, simply pure. None of that, none of that from concentrate stuff. So
0: d- uh, to d- derail you for a second, we, we made
1: carnitas for Samantha's
0: birthday dinner on Sunday. Oh, well, and it was, it was not like true carnitas. We took the smoked pulled pork that we did this weekend and then we mixed up orange juice, lime juice, cumin, and garlic. And then you put that over top of some of the pulled pork and then throw it back in the oven for like 30 minutes, whatever. So all that to say, we have a bottle of pure, simply pure, pure orange, whatever. Yeah. Orange juice in the fridge right now. Yeah. With the, uh, See, with only the green the, cap only time we've ever really bought orange juice and we've got a big bottle of it in the fridge just for you.
1: I'm kind of the opposite. I've had to quit buying it because I enjoy it so much. Excuse me. Oh, get, get you, get you a drink of that diet Dr. Pepper.
0: Sorry. That's usually something we do before we start. (laughs) Yeah.
1: The the weird noises. Sorry. Go on. But no, the mine stem from that because I think orange juice pairs with a lot of things that probably no one else thinks does. They're, uh, it's perfect with Allsup's burritos. Okay, let me just spout off all the things I like to drink orange juice with. Also burritos, uh, chips and salsa, pizza. Orange juice and pizza? Yeah, yeah. Spaghetti. And then uh, this one's probably not as weird, but pound cake. But maybe that is kind of weird. It's just the orange juice flavor
0: is so strong on it. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
1: Own. like it you is
0: usually don't need anything else
1: I agree i I can't explain it but f- for the longest time that was that was just always kind of my thing to where my parents would pick up on it and they would uh you know if I came home even during college they'd have a small thing of orange juice in there just waiting for you yeah if mom had made some spaghetti or, or if we were getting pizza or something like hey there's some orange juice in the fridge oh thanks thanks guys that's so thoughtful you, you know goes well with spaghetti milk. Ah, uh, see. That was that was my mom's thing. She liked anything, Oh, she liked buttermilk with things. No. She liked buttermilk you, you with also fritos.
0: You make things with buttermilk, you don't drink buttermilk.
1: It was kind of fun. We would we would go get all fritos <laughs> and come home and she'd pour a big glass of buttermilk and I'd pour a big glass of orange juice and we'd just be so happy. <laughs> and we'd eat barbecue fritos. No. Uh, barbecue frito twists or the the chili cheese Fritos. Chili cheese Fritos and also Fritos. It's kind of an overload of chili cheese flavor, but it's worth it. The barbecue twist, also good, and sour cream. It's got a good oh, little yeah, you, scoop to it. You can really get... It's got some surface area.
0: It does. Also, it's not overkill to do a Frito pie with chili cheese Fritos.
1: It's not. I think that's just... Like like we were talking earlier, I think that's just efficient.
0: <laughs> it's just good. It's like the Doritos... Uh, making nachos with Doritos. Yeah.
1: You're just just um, a little... Enhanced.
0: Yeah. The other thing I was going to tell you that milk goes really well with anything that has peanut butter in it.
1: Okay. I'm glad you mentioned peanut butter because uh, my wife grew up in Kentucky and we talked about this before I came over. One of the things that they ate growing up, which was pretty common, you would get it at school. If you got a bowl of chili, you also got on the side saltines with peanut butter. They just, it's not like you put it in the chili. And of course, chili there is a lot different than it is here. Sure. It's this—it's the sweeter kind. It's got sweeter spices and stuff. So it's its definitely its own animal. But that was a common thing. Like that was getting what you got at uh, cafeterias. And I, I I went to their house and when her dad and stepmom cooked chili for me, there were all these pre-made little saltine <laughs> peanut butter sandwiches on the side. And I thought, what is this for? <laughs> is this dessert? Well, I don't get it. I don't... Is this an appetizer? It, no, no. It just goes with it. And, I, and then I freaked out like, I'm supposed to put this in... <laughs> in the chili? I'm trying to be a good son-in-law. I don't... No, 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 no. You just... It's just... It's the like side. on the side.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, w- growing up, I used to have saltines with, with chili. I've never had it with uh, with peanut butter. We did have chili tonight, though. Um, and because Samantha and Grayson don't stand spice like I do. Like there's no like real heat to this chili. And I, I don't know if it's the meat that we use. We use a, a venison, uh wild boar blend that my brother-in-law gave us. It's mm-hmm. like a, some of his hunting game sausage blend. It's not sausage. It's like just ground meat. And I was talking to him about it tonight. He's like, well actually that meat does have, it has a little bit of sweetness to it. So like it is a sweeter chili.
1: I don't know. It was good, though. Well, okay. I've got two more things. One is back to chili. Uh, my wife thought it was coming from Kentucky when she got here in New Mexico. She thought it was the strangest thing to put sour cream in chili or just in soup, period. It just blew her mind. And then, if, you know, she loves it now. It's, it's fine. But that's apparently to an outsider or from someone who's, you know, not used to seeing that, that's not a super common thing. Well, when you're talking about the usually... Hearty and pretty hot chili that we have. Yes, yeah, sour cream is nice
0: balance. Kind of cools
1: it, yeah. But it, I had one other thing. Okay, one more. And we got to get on to. I know. The Big Twelve digital. I can content. talk about food all day. I'm going to try to stop. Okay, two things real quick. Salt on melons, super gross. Whoever it's, does it's, that, I can't stand it. It's my mom. And I, I can't. I can't do it. Uh, I know people that have done it. I, someone has given me a bowl of fruit before that they salted and didn't tell me, and, and I spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> we were in a vehicle we were in a moving vehicle and i just kind of like spit it out in my lap and had to roll the window down just, birds have that if you want yeah it was he was my boss at the time and and he just had a bowl of we would had melons in the you know cut up melons in the <laughs> what kind break of car room. snack is that well he just grabbed a bowl of them and i thought well shoot this is great you know give me a little cantaloupe or honeydew or whatever it was and <laughs> it, a little it, watermelon. Came, it came out uh Okay, but the, the last thing I wanted to touch on is what is your thoughts on mixing ketchup with cream gravy? No. No? Please no. Now I don't I don't go full like let's, let's, let's start it. Pink let's me. stir it up. No, I don't do that, but I have been known to dip a steak finger into ketchup and then into gravy and then eat it. And or have a chicken fried steak covered in cream gravy and then either Put a little gravy on top, or take us uh, take a bite and dip it in the ketchup. N- no, no, no. Good. No. Is that a weird one? Yes. That that, that should that have qualify? been the one. That should have been the one you you let off. With. I should have led with that. Yeah, because I thought that was kind of normal. <laughs> Not at all. Okay. Well, we'll now, find out. Our tens of listeners will let me know how weird that is. <laughs> ketchup and cream gravy go on several things. Like can go on
0: several things. Like you were talking about chicken fingers or fries or whatever. Sure. Separately. Like you can do you can do eat on the same fry. A bite of ketchup, eat that,
1: and then a bite of Ah. No. Mm-mm. No, just do nope. the same same nope. bite. Same bite, same nope. time. Let them co-mingle a little bit. But nope. don't yeah, like you said, don't no do, don't be weird. <laughs> don't stir it into <laughs> this, Don't make pink, this pink goo. Just <laughs> get get a little bit of mixing in there. Alright. Um for those that are our avid readers on
0: staking the planes, you'll see that, uh, Seth posted a, a, an article this afternoon, sorry, Tuesday afternoon, um, from Lawrence skuvenik, who is the current president, I believe president of Texas tech university system, talking about the future of, uh, big 12 athletic third tier rights. Um, he mentioned the longhorn network and it, not being a problem with where they're going, where they're trying to go. Um, and it sounds like the big 12 was going to try to put together some kind of app to house some third tier broadcasting rights. Um, it's unclear like how, how that would affect the contracts and all that kind of stuff with Fox. Cause it seems like the big 12 has got a pretty good thing going with Fox that whatever isn't picked up on any ESPN networks rolls over to Fox. Um, the past few years you've seen so many Texas tech athletic events that were previously on broadcast end up on Fox. Yeah. So
1: it, it'd be interesting to see how that works. Um, well, one thing he also mentioned too, is that he confirmed that if each school would receive about $35 million from the current media, correct contracts and that would put them ahead of the ACC and PAC 12, but below SEC and big 10, which is, yeah, that's it's still a great place to be, uh, but I, you know, Seth brought it up in the Slack chat. We're just not sure you would have to provide. Th- there would have to be football games plural on this app, I, I think, for people to start buying it or seeking it out. I'm, well, or or you, though. or you'd have the ability to replay all the football games. Maybe, maybe a couple of options during replay. Maybe, you know, just. Every play without, you know, the play clock winding down just every at every snap the the clock starts. And then when the whistle blows, they, you know, they show the next play and they just boom, boom, boom. You can crank out a game and actual. So what in 30 minutes or 45 or whatever Fox Sports Southwest used to do like the week after a game. They right like a
0: 45 minute version of the game.
1: Right. hour version. And sometimes posted on YouTube, but not consistently. And that mean that that could be something worth checking into. Okay,
0: so here's, here's my concern with it. The only way that would benefit tech and, and not that like tech is the bar, but like it's, it's fairly like, I would say tech has a fairly medium stake in like what games end up on TV and which ones don't Um, like, like the very first football game that gets on like the, the really weird network at a really weird time. You, right, like you'd move that off of it, but like everything else, like I said, is either on ESPN or one of the Fox Sports channels.
1: Right, usually not. You're not missing anything. No, you usually don't get down to Fox Southwest Plus or <laughs> yeah, that that's like even
0: the September eight game at three o'clock versus Louisiana Lamar. Tech, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or something. Yeah, right. Um, where where it would be helpful though in my mind, not really in football, but to pick up other games, like if you can get so many games off of ESPNU on basketball, because ESPNU is not a part of the standard sports packages, right? that is a, the additional sports tier um, that most people aren't getting. Um, I think getting more of like Olympic sports on there,
1: yeah, volleyball, uh, like some of the big track meets. Possible. Well, they have the track meets on Texas Tech TV, and that's the other thing. Like, how does that kind of cannibalize what you're already trying to do yourself? Right. And is there a market for softball? I'm not sure if they even. Well, this year at 10 and 0. Yeah, at 10 and 0. <laughs> that's not too too bad.
0: Uh, Aaron Edmondson throwing a no hitter and then coming back and throwing a shutout in the next
1: next game she pitched in that same tournament. One of nine undefeated teams in the nation right now I way think. to go ladies at least earlier today I, someone else may have lost who knows yeah
0: so um, anyway so let to so keep an eye on um uh, big 12 streaming digital content moving forward would kind of take the place of a uh a conference network because i think one thing that tech sorry that seth mentioned in his article was that the big 12 was one of the only conferences that don't have their own network right um and again, going back to the Longhorn Network, they don't envision the Longhorn Network being a hindrance to launching or currently what they're trying to do
1: with the Big 12 streaming. I would agree with that. I, I'm not sure if... I, I think they're smart, though. If if they're going to look into... Because Pac-12 Network has not panned out very well. Which is surprising. Very. You, you
0: think like a conference network should be fairly well sustained by their fans.
1: I agree. I think part of their problem is just geographic location. When all of your games start at nine or 10 o'clock central or Eastern.
0: It's it's interesting. You're not trying to sell the PAC 12 network to New York, East coast individuals.
1: Right. But there's, uh, that's probably who some of them, you know, some of them may want that, but they just, they're just not going to get it or seek it out or, or even offer it probably. Yeah. But I think, If they're going to go this route, this is the way to go, to go with some sort of streaming app because instead of just a full all-out channel, a streaming app with some more on-demand stuff, that way you're not having to film, you know, Raider Red, walk around a cotton field for 40 minutes on Thanksgiving just because you got to fill air. You know, just just have it a streaming app and you've got on-demand stuff and if there's a game on, you can stream it and that's that. You can watch commercials during the game, whatever they do. But you're not you're not like LHN over there just Non-stop. coming up with any anything you can possibly throw on the screen and throw any person who has any association with the University of Texas in front of a camera. I like your thought of going back to like a streaming
0: uh, library and not so much like a broadcast network. But then I don't know. Yeah, it, it'd just be interesting to see how, how it all works out. Yep. So let's talk about football for a minute. We we mentioned that there was a new uh, staff member hired today. Um, one second while I look up her name.
1: Christina. Christina DeRoyter. DeRoyter. Yeah. I'm glad you went with that first. That's uh, got to be it though. Director of on-campus
0: recruiting. So she replaces, uh, I'm blanking on her name. I'm sorry. She wasn't here long enough to make an impact. She was here maybe in terms of like, was it two weeks? Remembering her name. Yeah. She came over from Charlie Strong's staff. In US, USF? Yeah, she, she basically followed Charlie Strong everywhere, got hired away, and then went right back to him two weeks later. So, um, Interesting that like Wells has hired a woman for this position now twice. It, it seems like maybe that's what he, his vision is or that mm-hmm. um, the so- soft skills of this position lends itself better to a, a female presence than a male presence. I don't know what the position does.
1: Me neither, besides direct on-campus recruiting efforts. <laughs> right, but it's... it's uh, What
0: that entails for the, the football program.
1: It seems like an important one to be filled, or at least it's important to Coach Wells. And... Yep, so he's hired Christina DeReuter.
0: Um, also, he is in the middle of his tour de Texas. De Tejas. He, he's all over the place. Houston, San yeah,
1: Antonio, I think.
0: Within like, like, what, 36 hours, he had a dinner in Dallas, a lunch in San Antonio, and then a dinner in Houston or something like that. Um, Heard from the uh, Staking the Plains comment section that it wasn't earth-shattering, so I would assume it's very very much like what the uh, baseball tailgate dinner was like, minus access to the players, Um, more of a introduce himself to the fan base, which is good. It's still... Yeah. good done to be doing that, drumming up some support in the spring.
1: Maybe getting a little more in depth into his belief system and just a few other a few other tidbits that you may not get out of every interview. Introducing himself to local coaches and stuff, I'm sure, on his way. I heard that he had to be corrected about HEB versus United at some point, and I, I should have watched the video, but I think he was down in South Texas and he must have said something about United Grocery Stores in one of the – Reporters had to correct him like, sir, we, uh, yeah, we it's, it's H-E-B down here.
0: Which when I first saw that, cause I, I think it was in the morning steak or whatever this morning or yesterday. The, uh, the license letters for that station, I think is the same station that broke the news at Kingsbury was it fired. Is. Okay.
1: K E K E N S or K N five or whatever it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. Some strange combination of letters there. K E N S
0: five, San Antonio, something like that. Um, so when when I first seen that, I was like, R- "Really, guy? Like, you're gonna correct a new head coach of a Texas school that your regional grocery store is an HEB, not
1: United?" They've got it out for us, man. They're just trying to bring it's down a, our program to douche move program program <laughs> program. I was hoping you caught that. Thanks, uh whole
0: cut. Whole cut. If you get some good programs, not if you phonetically pronounce his name as some of our posters i love that
1: whole cut a lot of people add that that silent yet sometimes pronounced l which is funny he's been here for so long and people still whole cut
0: yeah and like two t's h-o-l-c-u-t-t uh-huh have you never seen this man's name written somewhere like is this is this a sandwich i don't want to i don't want to disenfranchise or alienate some of our listeners of course not okay you want to do basketball next? Or yeah, you to do baseball? I'm ready. Okay, let's do basketball. Basketball is so fun. Okay, so schedule. Um, note, there isn't a midweek game this week. Getting some rest and some hot yoga. If you follow John Riley on the Twitter. Sorry, he's the strength coach for the basketball program. I actually go to church with him. But he's, not, he's not usually there on Sundays during the, the basketball season because he's busy. He's he, busy. He, he popped in, was it two weeks ago, basically in his sweats, through the communion portion of the service and then bounced. (laughs) Well, I was like, well, he's there for the important. He made a time count. (laughs) Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, apparently that they do hot yoga every week, but he posted a picture of Mooney and Francis kind of laughing after
1: a hot yoga session. They were like drenched some epically hot yoga on a 34 degree day. Yeah.
0: um, but this weekend, you were playing host to the Kansas Jayhawks.
1: Pretty good slate. and uh, you're coming off of a heck of a little streak.
0: Yeah, you've gone four and over your last five games. You've won five of your last six. Yes. That last loss, I think, was Kansas. It was Kansas in that sixth game. So you're getting back this time you're at home. Um, it's a wideout. It is a wideout, like a Game of Thrones themed wideout. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. I'm going to be going to this game super pumped i know um i actually saw a video on on the twitter today from taylor Carr. he is an uh, associate athletic director at texas tech it was from like i think it was a media timeout during the, the kansas home game last season uh, it was just a video panning like the student section dancing to swag surf but it was just unbelievable atmosphere the game was tied. I know it was tied 68-68,
1: so it was late in the second half.
0: Looking forward to this game this
1: weekend. I know. I'm really excited about it. Te- tech's playing well. Their offense has finally decided to uh, show out a little bit. I've dude, got some stats. Yeah. dude
0: the, the offense has been like actually fun to yeah. watch. Like, at the beginning of the season, we're like, okay, so the defense we know is going to be really good. We know Culver can score. Is there any, is there going to be somebody else? Um, or we're going to have to win a lot of games, like in the low 60s. This past like two weeks. Uh, granted, there have been some bottom half of the conference games. I mean, you played Oklahoma State,
1: right? Right. Oklahoma, West Virginia, West Virginia. Baylor. Baylor's up there with you, but you you got a nice little revenge game this weekend against right. You. Well, and they had a couple guys out, so just yeah. we, we don't want to. You know, it's not like we beat Kansas 4 and four times in a row or something. We we know that the it's not the top tier of the Big 12 right now. But just to see your offense clicking after having struggled and been so off and on and to also perform well on the road mm-hmm. uh, back-to-back in Norman and in Stillwater to just blow people out of the gym. Uh, I ran some quick numbers for y'all. The four wins – uh, points combined, Texas Tech uh, had 311 points and allowed only 215.
0: That's good for you scoring nearly 78 points a game.
1: And allowing only about 54. And then just on top of that, so right. so there's your math, that's an average of 24 points per victory over those four games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and And then just to kind of go through the game averages of the last four games versus season averages. Uh, Culver's a little lower than his season average of 17.7 points. He has 15.5 in these four games. But Moretti has really uh, kind of exploded a little bit. He had 10.9 for the season, 12.8 points in these four games. And then um, my guy, Corpru, who – has She's 58% from the field. Who does not like <laughs> to miss. And he has a season average of 5.6 points, but has seven points uh, averaged in these four games. But really the, the story here is Francis, who, had, who came in and for the season only averages 5.9 points a game, but has 9.3 in these four blowout wins. To see these guys start to contribute, I mean, I've got a list of five guys here, and um, three of them, you know, Mooney. Let, let me go ahead and mention Mooney too. He he's he's pretty much. I thought he was he he was really hot against Oklahoma State, uh, going five for five from three point line. Yeah, it was nuts. I think he might have <laughs> missed one after that. I can't remember, but he hit his I first five went, in a row. I think he went six for seven in that game. Oh, and we're talking like Pete Maravich, Steph Steph Curry shots from from the logo here and there, and, and even some of them at, at the at the buzzer to, mm-hmm. to try to beat the shot clock. But Mooney came in, you know, he's averaging 10.7 this year, and he had 11 points in these mm-hmm. four games. So these five guys, and I didn't include Owens, um, I'm not sure why, but especially Francis and Corpuroo and Moretti, kind of seeing them really start to affect the game offensively. You know how well they play defensively, uh, the defense from Mooney and Corprew is just ridiculously agreed, suffocating. I, I would probably have nightmares about either of those guys about facing Corbru? Yeah, yeah, or just you, you, you go to a pickup league and then these guys are just okay. Well, I've got him. Oh man, no, come switch. on, you. switch. Oh Matt, d- dude, just can I? Can you at least let me catch the ball first?
0: <laughs> um. So yeah, you're you're on a um pretty a good streak right now. I I can't I haven't decided if I like the timing of this little bye week to get you ready for the Kansas game. Well,
1: because Kansas gets one too. Which they're they really
0: cool. But they have to turn around and play on Monday against Kansas State. Oh, that's right. And, been- we, and then we play on Wednesday. So okay. I, I don't know if this subsequent game makes that big of a difference. It could. Um but yeah, we're gonna have a I'm assuming a fantastic crowd and environment this weekend because like I'm going to be there excited to see it.
1: Um, man, I I'm pumped for you to be there because I've never been to a Kansas, a Kansas game. No wait, Yes, I have. I have and it was probably Tubby Smith's last year and tech just about pulled it out and it was a blast. That was a fun game to go to, yeah. but, uh, I'm really excited for you to go. Yeah. Um, not
0: looking forward, though, like looking ahead, with you, Texas Tech, in the Big 12 conference race, this is a a must win. Yes. You are, because nobody's doing you any favors and knocking off Kansas State, you are a game behind. Um, A loss here puts you a game and a half. The rest of Kansas State's schedule is brutally easy for them. You still have you have a road game against TCU, you have a road game
1: against Iowa State. Well, it's a home game. Well, is it? No, it's a yeah, you're right, it's a road game at TCU. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> um you do you do host Oklahoma State, which is a like if you look at
0: BPI or whatever the projections are like 96% chance to win that game.
1: Yeah, they had a they had a former manager out shooting Threes they made three still water in our game he sure did he made it he made one you
0: host Texas on a Monday night after your trip to TCU so that, that could be a little tricky turnaround um so you you've, you don't have the easiest schedule you don't have the Kansas State schedule I don't have it in front no. of me to, to tell you what it is but they uh, they were on the road at West Virginia this week took care of business unfortunately like it looked like West Virginia was playing with them for a while. I watched the highlights of the game, Um, and they were tied with, like, six minutes to go, whatever. Like, the next highlight showed, it was, like, two or three minutes later, and Kansas State had, like, a 10-point lead. I was like, oh, dang it. (laughs) Because I was following the game for the first time, like, through the highlights. I had no idea how it ended.
1: Well, and their star guy who everyone thought might be hurt. He was supposed to be out. Yeah, Dean Wade. He ended up playing 32 minutes. Yeah, so guess that he's he's okay which hey that's good that's fine we don't have to play him yeah and we're not (laughs) you know we don't want anybody to be hurt just so Tech might win a big 12 title or a share of it so but that that was something that you kind of thought in the back of your mind wow well if, if he's if he's not available to play then West Virginia's got a shot
0: yeah and they did even with him there but there was a run there late second half that wasn't on the highlight video but created the separation they needed to to win that game. Um so you are one game behind Kansas State. I think they are eleven and three, and you're ten
1: and four. Uh that's I, I'm sorry. Sounds right. Well, I we're think ten and five. I had I had it in there, but I don't know if it was updated or not. I think Kansas State is ten and three, and we're nine and four. That makes sense. Okay.
0: So the game this weekend against Kansas, you need to win this one because it'll create some space between you and Kansas, especially if you if you hope to knock off their 15-year streak of winning the Big 12, um, but also help you get up close to um, Kansas State. Sorry, I got distracted. I was looking at the scores. Baylor is actually leading Iowa State in Ames right now. I
1: know. I'm keeping an eye on it. They're Dude, up by six with 30 six seconds, seconds left. Thirty to go. Um, Kansas State's ten and three. Texas Tech, Kansas,
0: are both nine and four. Iowa State's eight and four. Baylor seven and five. And then Texas, TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. So you, you've got you've got some work to do still. Big opportunity this weekend.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna be there. And the Bears may be helping us out. Oh, I would right love, now I'd love for them to knock off Iowa State right now,
0: because. Um, you know, you obviously need to. You just have to go play there. Um, they're right in the mix with you, but any other, any separation you can get between you and the, like the teams around you, and not, not even with just Kansas State, but like Kansas and Iowa State and Baylor. Anytime they can do damage to themselves and create like a a third tier, so like first place, second place, and like everybody else, I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm okay with Iowa State taking a loss tonight. Uh, I did. I just wanted to look it up real, really quickly. I know we touched on it last week, but Kansas State's remaining schedule oh, here is um, home against Oklahoma State. Snooze at Kansas. They're going to lose that game. Uh, home against Baylor. That could be tricky. At TCU, also could be tricky because TCU is yep.
0: really strange. They're they're inconsistent. They're, they are. They they. It, I guess it's strange they mm. they win or are in games that you wouldn't
1: otherwise think they should be. They lose games that they're very much like tech football, really. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good comparison. And then their final game is home against OU, which doesn't look as tricky as it it may have earlier in the season because OU
0: kind of falling apart.
1: Yeah, they, they I think they had a couple of good games recently, but I think not when they got drubbed by Texas Tech. No, what? No, that was. Uh, <laughs>
0: That was a fun weekend. That was pretty good. Um, the other thing, so you've got two, two road games left on your schedule. Um, both are winnable, right? Um, but you've, you've tallied the most Big 12 conference road wins since 2005.
1: Yeah. Kyle dropped that uh, knowledge bomb in our Slack chat right after Tech won in Stillwater. So you have two more opportunities to, to build on that, make it better. Yep. Um, and one would be, you know, the one in Ames <laughs> is the one you've really gotta get.
0: Yep, well, you need both of them.
1: Well, of course. Oh look, the Big 12 standings are in the Slack
0: chat. I was over here looking at, uh, not Slack chat, I notes.
1: Yeah, see, I, I, I put it in the notes.
0: All right, so one, one more thing about basketball is this game against Baylor. Yes. So one, th- there were two things. One was that unfortunate tragedy that two family members of Norens Odiasse cousins, but he referred to them more closer to to brothers and cousins, passed away in a vehicle, uh, crashed Thursday night, Friday morning. Um, so there was like a m- moment of silence before the game.
1: Both teams huddled together after the game for a prayer. Yep. Um, that was a very... Uh, a very good move by Scott Drew, right? Beard and you know everybody trying to go. It, this this type of thing transcends the game, of course, and so that was a great thing to see. And on top of that, there uh, Seth mentioned, I think it was in the post game presser, one of Odiasse's best friends, who he grew up playing ball with is on Baylor's team. And I can't remember the Mackay Mason.
0: Name. Yeah. But he didn't, he didn't play this weekend. Well,
1: he called, uh, uh beard called drew mm-hmm. and wanted him to tell Mackay. Yep. You know, just so that everybody was aware of the situation and to that way that, that Mackay wasn't finding out at the, uh, supermarket or arena with everybody else. And I, I mean, just, really well played out by coaches on both sides and the players. And it was a, uh, it was a really nice thing to see.
0: Yeah. So apparently these, these family members had traveled in to see this game because of the connection with both teams for uh, Norrence and for Mackay. Um, So it was an unfortunate accident there, but for sure the things that you had mentioned about the respect and, and the coordination between, Beard and coach drew for Baylor. I think kind of set up this last point we're going to talk about is that the last, last Texas tech possession, um, we had walk ons in into the bench guys supposed to be running the clock out. Baylor is still defending, which it's their right to, but, um, just because they're defending you doesn't mean you have to embarrass them or do what you did. But, there was a an oop thrown. But it was between Sorrels and Benson. Yep. And Beard was livid. And it was on the broadcast. Like they basically like kept a camera on on Beard that last possession that Baylor got the ball back and airballed to three, whatever. Uh, had Sorrels come over and like apologize to Drew, and you can see him, like hanging his head. I was like, dude. So I, I want to get your thoughts on that. What are your
1: one, on the play. Two, on um, Beard's reaction. Honestly, I, I saw a lot of people argue both sides on Twitter, but 2020, knowing what we know, knowing uh, the, the way that Beard and Drew tried to handle this situation with Odiase and, and treat it with respect and, and uh, have both teams involved, knowing what we know about that, I can completely see why beard was upset at first. I thought, well, that's okay. All right. I, I get that. You're, you know, you wanted to run the clock out and you didn't, but these guys, they were getting full court pressed at the last 20 seconds of a blowout loss. So, you know, why not? And then the more I thought about it and the more I, I realized how they were trying to, uh, Really support Odiasse and and what Baylor's guys had had done to be a part of that. I thought, okay, well, this is kind of warranted, and these guys need to know they need to know when to kind of back off a little bit and maybe just. And if if your coach tells you to run out the clock, maybe that's the other part of it. So I mean, they scored, listen to your coach
0: sometimes. They scored with eight seconds to go in the game. Right. Had I think the shot clock was already turned off. They, it they, was. they didn't have to do anything except not turn the ball over. But even if you did, you were up by 23 at that point. So what, if you turn the ball over and better scores, I mean, you're going to be down, you're going to only be up by 20 or 21. Yep. Um, So I, I, I guess I was taking Beard's defense on this because there are a lot of people on Twitter Especially like national media folks are just like tearing Beard apart. Like, dude, just let him play. And I, one, I don't think that they knew the, the whole story, but two, I was like, um, like one, it's unnecessary, right? You are up by twenty three points. Your coach has told you to run the clock out, and you run the most flamboyant and disrespectful ways to score on your opponent, possibly in the game, yeah, Um, unnecessarily. In a game where, as we discussed, like more background knowledge helps, but where they had done some things to help show some respect to your team and one of your players. um, I know Beard is, is a proponent of saying the right things in, in, in the public eye, and they're always saying, you know, respect your opponent, respect the game. One, he was disrespected because his players weren't listening to what he was asking them to do, and then his the opponent was disrespected. So I, I, I was... Okay with Beard's reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that got me was like right there at the very end, he gives a pretty firm forearm shove into Sorrel's chest. I'm like, "Dude, you gotta you gotta be careful on that one." Yeah, that's true. Because that was that was, a,
1: that was a little Bobby Knight coming out there.
0: <laughs> I was like, um, if you are doing that like at at a game where cameras are on and fifteen thousand people are watching you, like it's not too far of a stretch to think like what might happen behind closed doors. And you don't want that kind of perception, even if it's false. Like, well, you don't he, want the what ifs. If, if he's, if he's throwing a forearm shiver, whatever they called it into this dude's chest in front of people like this, like what, what does he do when nobody's watching? You don't want that kind of speculation. Right. Um, but like I said, I, I'm, I'm all, I don't have any problems with what beard was asking them to do his reaction up until the shove.
1: Right and I, or whatever you're going to call it. I, I want to say this too. My opinion could possibly be tainted from the fact that I don't see why Benson gets to play as much as he gets to play. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I understand he's a quote high motor, high energy lunch pail <laughs> blue collar guy, but it it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why he's getting the minutes he's getting. Uh, I guess it's supposed to charge up somebody and I guess it does maybe it makes one of the starters mad that he's out there instead of them but well it, I, that it, kind of that might taint my opinion a little bit too because I, I think he's uh
0: he's only he's only gotten meaningful minutes in like
1: one or two games oh and it right may, it
0: may have been like when they were down to like seven guys You're like well we actually need we need Benson to come in and, and eat some minutes up and it was it was a home game right where he like it was a couple of I thought it was Kansas State I don't remember specifically, but there are a couple of like defensive plays that got the crowd pretty fired up. Right. Um, and then the the other time he comes in the play is when the game is is out of you know
1: yeah. it's out of reach when he can get a alley oop from from his <laughs> buddy with eight been, seconds left.
0: Would have been fine. One if you weren't up by twenty three at the point at that point and had the other things that had gone on. Like we said, if it was a five point game.
1: It's probably completely completely different. One, he's not in. <laughs> okay, sure, you're you're right. If it's That's a five it. point game, it's a, not, a five point game. He's not he's in. Not this in. doesn't happen. Neither Sorrels, neither of them are in. Yeah, but okay. th- I could see it this way. If it's a, uh, if it was a really heated game, there were some technicals, uh, maybe an ejection, just some, <laughs> just a lot of really emotional stuff that came out on the court. But it wasn't. It was a it was a clean game, uh, it's like. It, if that had happened against West Virginia, sure. Ago, like no, yeah. I, I would have no problem with that. Over or Beard, or, you need to chill out because yeah, hey. or or a day where where UT was particularly salty or or, or something. And, you know, a lot of guys getting getting heated on the court, but nobody did no. that. It was it was a clean game, and you could I could see getting it on an exclamation point in that scenario. Like even if you're up by fifteen or twenty, but these guys have they've been called for three technicals and different things have happened. You're thought well. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna oop this, and this the, this uh, arena is gonna go nuts, and rightfully so. Yeah. Um. So, anything else you want to talk about basketball?
0: You've got Kansas this weekend. Oklahoma State on Wednesday. I'm actually excited about that game to watch. this, the dismantling <coughs> again. The Cowboys. I want to see if they get more managers in the game. Student managers. I'm hoping so. Um, because say some, you, some tryouts, you, you rattle off these two wins, which is dangerous to be looking ahead. And <laughs> yeah.
1: Just, let's not look past Kansas,
0: Kansas and Oklahoma state. Just like, rattle off this Kansas win. Like going on that road trip to TCU at 11 and four in the conference.
1: I uh, dread, I dread watching that TCU game. Because That's like, going to hurt my eyes. I'm not sure I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to handle that court. Have you seen this thing? Uh, is I've, it's, I, silver. it's silver. Oh, I haven't seen it. it I think it's silver? I don't know, but it', it it's hurts. Like, that, like, like
0: that weird frog skin
1: that's that's got to be what it okay. is
0: because the reason why I'm saying I'm looking ahead because of that game against Kansas uh, the Kansas Kansas State game is between now and the, your your trip to TCU. So that game on the second. You and Kansas State could be both eleven and four. Right. Again, granted, you take care of business this weekend against Kansas, which is easier said than done, obviously. And then home against Oklahoma State. You do that though. And then you're accounting on Kansas to take care of their home court against Kansas
1: State, but it could be interesting. Could be. It could be that could be a, a really fun game to watch. And, yes. and Baylor did, for the record they of course, didn't. y'all all know this by now But Baylor did beat Iowa State tonight So now they are both 8-5 uh, and, five. Eight and five. Uh, I'm not sure I'm not sure on tiebreakers And all that stuff But um, They were, you know, Iowa State was fourth Baylor was fifth Before this game So I'm not sure if that's uh, Going to f- flip-flop or not because now they both have the same record. I'm not sure who's beaten who. and I've i think I've never, never been good at that. If they go to overall record, it's still
0: going to be Iowa State. They've, they've got three games on them.
1: Okay, so Iowa State may stay up there, even though they've lost but, a head-to-head. But they'd be tied in conference standings. Right. Technically. Okay, let's talk about baseball.
0: Let's do it for just a minute, because this, this is not Dinger Derby. We're not the yes. Texas Tech baseball podcast.
1: If you want that you need to listen to Keith this week. I know I'm excited to listen to Keith cuz I want to hear him break down the pitching and and I yeah, think you've I'm, got some thoughts on it too cuz I I just kind of came in the, the first game I mainly listened on the radio. The second game I uh, kind of caught in and out on the radio and on my phone and then the third game I got to watch quite a bit but because it was on it was on a It was on Fox Sports. <laughs> Fox Sports. <laughs> yep. Okay, so kicked off the season this this
0: past weekend with a scheduled four-game series against Oregon. The game uh, game four was scheduled for Monday was canceled because of cold weather. It's frigid temperatures. Unnecessary to
1: play the fourth game, really, in my mind. So uh, I was okay with that. Four-game series seems kind of odd to me. I mean, I'm an, I know I'm an outsider in the baseball world, but four games seems kind of so, odd. So Tadlock actually talked about that at the tailgate dinner
0: and it said if they do more four game series like that it takes out the need to schedule midweek games like oh. a one game trip out to to Albuquerque or to Las Cruces whatever to to play those like one off games okay okay or you only have to do one game instead of two and it the way he said he said it helps them keep their rotation better intact well it really helps when you cancel it yeah, that too. You. you only play three games, yeah, yeah. and then you don't have the... Rest your guys. The, the
1: midweek guy. Yeah, just schedule four-game series all the time, and then cancel it every now and then. Get you a little get you a little rest. Yeah. So, in all four games, Texas Tech had a pretty
0: significant deficit. Yes. Uh, at least in games two... I'm, I'm already... I'm having a hard time
1: remembering this. At least in games two and three, you got down big early. I believe you did in game one, too. I think it was... Well you 6 to no you scored first on Friday with like a home run
0: you were up 1-0 and then they put up three runs in response to that and then quickly got to like 6 to 1, 6 to 3, so something like that. Um you ended up losing game 1 on Friday 9 to 4. But Saturday's game was the worst possible start you can imagine. Yes. And I don't want to like bash on on Bryce Bond here, but I don't know what was going on. I don't know if it was a combination of he was tight, trying to start his first game for Tech or being a starter. I don't remember his role at Arkansas. I don't think he pitched very much in Arkansas before he, he transferred. Um, his start Saturday was disastrous. The strike zone was a little iffy all day. Um, but... He gave up two quick singles, which is fine, whatever. Uh, Oregon, all weekend, came in, starting the game, like swinging the bat. If they were ready to go. Um, and then he walked in three runs. So that's five straight walks For something. That's, that's not good. But by the time he left the game... It was, there was one out, the bases were still loaded, and Tech was down 3-0. In the first inning, you had recorded one out, bases loaded, and you had given up three runs, earned runs. Erickson Landing comes in, you're like, oh, okay, Erickson Landing, it's a, it's a good face. Stop trace. the bleeding, stop the bleeding. Stop the bleeding, we're, we're, we're excited to have him back. Um, has a complete mental breakdown on a grounder up, the, like he fields a grounder, right? Bases are loaded. Like that's it's great. Double play ends the inning. On this play, no outs are recorded. Three run score. On a grounder that did not pass the mound. How did
1: did he just fumble it? Because you no. What, what's the a, play there? Do you play? Do you throw to first or do you throw to home? It doesn't matter. Uh, exactly. That's what I thought. It Really. doesn't. I mean, it, it, whoever catches it throws somewhere else. And that's it. Essentially. Well,
0: okay, it, it technically would matter it, it's weird because like if you take out like first base, like if you go there first, then like the runner at second is no longer a force play, you have to tag him. So like it it, it kind of matters that way. But in the sense that like your first throw really doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. You're gonna get um, you're gonna get someone else. He
0: just it looked like One, he'd been out of baseball long enough that he just he didn't have this play in mind. Like, what am I gonna do when when I get when I field this ball? Um, Because he popped up, he grabbed the ball, looked to third, looked to second, looked home. No, he looked home first, and like went and like looked looked around the bases, and then decided, no, I am gonna throw it home. Throws it home, and it would have been close at that point. Like he'd taken enough time, like a throw. Would have been, it would have been really close. Um, who was the catcher Saturday? It was Fulford. He throws it like, like up the third baseline. So Fulford has to come off of the plate to try to gar- grab it. He misses it. And they spend enough time getting that that another run scores. And the guy that hit the ball is like between first and second at this point. So they throw to second and they get him in a rundown. While that's happening, that third run scores. And a rundown, it's supposedly fairly simple, like if you've rehearsed it and worked it out and everything. I, I think I've heard a coach and like some broadcasters say it shouldn't take more than two throws to get the guy out. Yeah, you, you,
1: Whatever. Because um, you do your fake and you kind of and run towards him or not. You, and you, you, you
0: chase him back to the bag close enough that when you throw it, he's close enough and the guy catches the ball and tags him. Right. But what happened was... Cameron Warren was the last one to receive the throw and he decided he was going to chase the runner back the whole way. Well, I, he caught it maybe a third of the way between first and second. So it, it, was, it was a pretty good little run. I, I wasn't looking ahead of the runner to see like if somebody was on the bag to cover a throw, like why he didn't throw it. Warren just chased him down. Didn't tag him. He didn't catch him. So he, he ended up being safe at second after hitting a ground ball dribbler up to the mound so with he, the bases loaded. He got a double off of that. Well, a,
1: is it a double because is, is that count as an error? He probably would have been given an, an error.
0: Okay. And or a fielder's choice. All right.
1: Well, All right. no, because a fielder's choice would have been an out. Well, then landing. did he go on to, uh, he, he, hit a, he hit a batter too, right? Uh, he hit two, I think. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, so like the inning didn't end there. No. At that point, it was six to zero. They scored two more runs that inning. Like You were down after the first half inning, eight zero. And you're like, wow, this sucks. Yes. So that's when Grace and I got up, went downstairs to go to the concession stand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's take a break. Let's stretch
0: our legs. Because <laughs> one, it had taken like 45 minutes to
1: get yeah. to that half inning. It'd have to be a long inning to score eight runs, um, especially when you're walking everybody. Yeah, and they were, they were like
0: long box anyways um texas tech is able to get i, I can't remember because i wasn't i wasn't back in our seat in time because of how poorly run the concession stand was <laughs> well, so what had happened like they had people taking orders and they would call out the order to like two guys that were making things but like every time our person our cashier wouldn't say hey i need nachos like he'd make nachos and then somebody else closer would call for nachos and he'd hand them the notch he just made were for us. I was like, dude, no, that's for us. That's not how this works. So, anyways, um, you come, you end up coming back in that game though, and you win twelve to eleven. You took the lead. I think it was
1: in the seventh or eighth inning. Um, it was the seventh. I'm, I'm just looking at the box score. That's oh, how I know. I appreciate you. You, you scored three. You scored three runs in the seventh because you went into the seventh down eleven to nine and you score three in the seventh to put you up 12 to 11. And And that was the ending where you, you loaded the bases and you just like, you
0: would not go away. Yep. You kept forcing Oregon to to make a play and they just didn't. Um, You win that game 12 to 11 Sunday. Very, I wouldn't say the same thing. You probably have your best performance from a starting pitcher that weekend from Mason Montgomery. You still, uh, you still get down early you have to come back to win this game. You win it six to four. Again, I don't have the box score in front of me. I'm gonna leave like the heavy analysis for, for Keith and the Dinger Derby podcast. But one of those things where your starting pitching just was not ready to go this weekend, including Caleb Killian. He he had given up some runs and walks on Friday. Bryce Bonin wasn't ready um, for sure. Erickson Lanning was the first guy out out of the bullpen on Saturday, he was
1: not quite ready to start. Who was the freshman kid that seemed to do really well? Wasn't there a... Uh, so it may have been on Sunday.
0: I can't remember when he played, but I know Noah Huerta played a little bit. He Montgomery was Mason? Mason Montgomery was a starter on Sunday. <laughs> Montgomery Mason. That I just said how that. much I know. Um, but there was somebody else. There was a, a reliever that came in... Garlett. Trey Garlett was pretty good. Uh, Clayton Beater also I think it was I think he was the last pitcher on Friday. I had to leave early both on Friday and Saturday game. I was there for those two games. Had to leave a little early so I didn't catch the I didn't watch the end of those games. Clayton Beater apparently did pretty well. Um, Trey Garlett did pretty good, pretty well. He did pretty good. He threw them ball pretty good. That's good. Um so you're Bullpen looked pretty pretty good considering the situations they were asked to come in. Um, you were obviously able to outlast Oregon in that department. You have more depth in the bullpen than they, they did. They were throwing guys a couple times uh, over the weekend where I can't remember if you threw
1: I – don't, I don't know if you had a pitcher
0: appear twice over the weekend.
1: I don't know if you did either. I, I kind of don't think you did. I and, think and you, you had like four and five pitcher games. Oh, yeah. Well, this game, was uh, you had six. Mason, yeah. Sublette, Havman, Queen. Haveman. Haveman. Queen, yeah. Cassie. McMillan. McMillan did pitch an inning. He did pitch twice then. Yeah, he did pitch an inning on Sunday. Because he came
0: in after Killian on Friday. That's what it was. He was the first one in on Friday. Um, so you start the weekend two and one. Not your best start, but again, Oregon's not your typical opening weekend opponent. Uh, Michael uh, Labar and Keith are probably going to chop this up on the on Staking the Planes and then the Dinger Derber podcast about but that kind of start looks like Oregon's probably a little bit better than we were expecting. We were a little rusty coming into the season, mm-hmm. especially starting pitching. Um, you would think Caleb Killian probably will settle down. You hope there's something there for Bryce Bonin or maybe he gets moved to like a, a middle reliever, like the first reliever into the game type of position. Mason Montgomery looked good. Some of the other freshmen looked pretty good. Um, let's see, who else did pretty well? Uh, Dylan Noisy had a pretty good weekend. He played, yes. he mostly played left field. Drew B- Drew Baker, true freshman, played shortstop all weekend. He was really good. Um, Gabe Holt played mostly right field,
1: played some center this weekend, which also looked pretty good. Um, One of those, it was either Holt or, or Young, I think, got on base nine out of 10 times or some crazy stat. I know Holt walked a ton this weekend. And then he he stole, like, I think he had five or six stolen bases on the weekend. Well, and didn't the catcher throw down three, two or three guys at second? On that would have been that? Fulford probably on Saturday. Because okay. Friday, your
0: Friday starter at catcher. Just stealing bases made me think of that. Sorry. Um, oh, I'm blank on his name. It's not, it's not Fulford. It was the other guy.
1: Help, Michael. I'm looking. I'm trying. Well, let me go to the, let me go to the roster. <laughs> this is so bad because is it Mason Minzie? Nope, it's the other one. Ah oh, man! All right, I'm still looking. Cole Stillwell. Stillwell, thank you. Because I,
0: I don't know why I didn't remember Stillwell. Because I I think of um, a league of their own every time I hear his name. Stillwell, baby, get back in the dugout. It's the little kid that this one player's.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. The the real spoiled. Kid that just drives man, man. everyone nuts. Yeah, yeah. like the candy bars. little of Tom dirt. Hanks throws a. Does he throw a, he a, glove, a glove at his at face? <laughs> he throws a glove at him.
0: I <laughs> 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 got him. <laughs> Still a hunting buck over here. Um, I. It would take a, a somebody that with a lot more baseball knowledge than than what I possess to fully describe why he wasn't able to throw out any of the Oregon base runners on Friday. I don't know if it was a combination of the pitchers had long, slow deliveries, or if he just didn't see the runners uh, break for second or what it was. But Oregon stole like eight bases on Friday night and still well through, like he threw to second most of those attempts and didn't get any of them. Um, Fulford comes in on Saturday, completely changes everything, like keeps Oregon Mostly from being able to steal bases, also showed some some power. I think he, he had a home run on Saturday, too. So, like, his first game in, he's throwing out runners and hits a home run. Like, sorry, still will. This, this is probably not your Yeah.
1: Game. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's going to get a couple more shots.
0: Um, so, yeah, they looked pretty good considering they had to f- come back in all three games. Didn't end up winning the Friday night game, but won Saturday and Sunday. You get to host Kentucky this weekend. Another pretty good uh, test for you. The game on Friday night, it's been moved up a little bit. So if you're counting on going to the six o'clock first pitch, you have to reschedule, rearrange your Friday afternoon plans to get there at two. But Kentucky is one of those games, those teams that um, was in that road trip of death for you last week, last season. Mm -hmm. When you went up to Kentucky, you played Kentucky, you played Louisville, then you went to play Baylor and you, like lost six of those eight games or whatever it was. Um, so a good early season test to continue to find out what you are, who you are, what you have, all those kind of things. Um, be good times. You bet. Be good times. I, I will not be able to go to any of those games this weekend. I'm a little sad. Cause, well, I may be able to go Friday afternoon, but we're doing Samantha's birthday – eating out dinner going to eat out for her dinner her birthday oh my gosh if i can say this right her family likes to go out to celebrate birthdays <laughs> and it's between Samantha's <laughs> birthday date and her sister's birthday cuz they're born like a week apart okay and the date okay so her birthday Samantha's birthday is the 21st her sister's birthday is the 28th so we're going out together on friday
1: where y'all where y'all going to go eat oh too much called red lobster yeah that's pretty good it's fairly the it's cheese the cheese biscuits man that and the lobster or the crab whatever that they're doing sure sure it yeah adma- i don't like
0: seafood so i'm gonna get their steak or something Let's get the
1: cheese biscuits yeah cheese, that cheese rolls whatever they are um cheddar bay biscuits that's they they, they serve whatever they serve but it's the biscuits. it that. comes with biscuits <laughs> I'm, I'm only here for the carbs man yeah yeah i'm just here to load up um So I'm I'm, not, you know, I, I, you never know. I may end up at the ballpark this weekend and we'll see. Yeah. And then we're going to the, the, the basketball game on Saturday. I know that's, I'm still jealous of that. So pretty, pretty good little weekend.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I don't have anything else for baseball except kind of a rocky start you're glad to be 2-1 and one at this point because you could probably easily be 0-3. You hope to be 4-0, but that's how
1: baseball go. That's right. It gets cold. Um, Don't want these guys' joints hit, getting getting all tight. <laughs> don't want to. Is that your Tadlock? Yeah, I'm trying. That's awful. Was that not a good one? No. Oh, man. Okay, I'm still working on it.
0: But don't look to me because I'm, I'm also equally or more terrible at impressions and what you just gave us.
1: <laughs> You're welcome everybody.
0: Okay, um let's, let's let's go to questions. All right. This will be and, fast. <laughs> well, questions <laughs> and other weird food combinations that people send in. Okay. Okay. So first I think was Hunter. Was it Hunter or was it Red Rider Reset, man? Cuz I know he sent in a question. Yes. Okay. Let's start with Red Rider Reset, man. What's your win-loss record prediction for Wells first year? I'm hoping for at least 3 wins. Wow, that's, I'm. <laughs> three wins is awfully.
1: You're hoping, hoping for three hoping is awfully for three. sad. Uh,
0: Without and, and here's the thing: the schedule this year is not really that good for you. Like you're you, no. you it's your off year where you like you don't have Oklahoma and Texas, which at home. makes those games a little bit more difficult because you're you're traveling for those. Home games are like Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU. I think are
1: your your home games this year? Yes. Yes. TCU's at home. So. And Baylor. Baylor's in Waco. Oh, it's in Waco. Yeah, but it, it's, it's on
0: campus. Right. Yeah. Um. Hoping for three. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. That says a lot. I'm gonna say you're gonna be in that five. Just.
1: Five and seven or six and six. I'm I'm a little more pessimistic. I'm either think I'm I'm thinking four or five wins. We'll see. That's where I'm sitting.
0: I mean, I, I wasn't all that far off when I said I predicted three wins last season or four wins, whatever it was. But in our pre pre in, pre-season in, the, in predictions, the middle of the season, if you had told me we we're going five and seven, I would be like, Who on our team is, is dying?
1: <laughs> what do you mean? We're gonna drop the last five again or something?
0: Yeah. Oh Oh, that is. (laughs) Oh. Whoops. Um, So Michael's going to. He says
1: four. I say four or five. And I'll say five. Four or five wins. Okay. Nice nice ice crunch there. (laughs) Sorry, guys.
0: (laughs) I didn't mean to. All right. You said uh, awesome breed are best when washed down with orange juice. Agreed. Hunter. Appropriately myself. responds, I'm gagging, thinking about this. <laughs> um, so he says, he responds, This is, I don't know if it's weird, but I put a light drizzling of buttermilk ranch on chicken Alfredo. One, I don't like buttermilk ranch.
1: It's, it's kind of weird. We've, we've discussed my pickiness with ranch dressings. The only bottled ranch we buy, which I finally found one that I will actually buy, it's Dion's. Oh, yeah, that's way good. I mean, I know, I know, but that's it. That's the only one that I'll actually or you, buy. You you bring the Hidden Valley powder and make yeah, your own. just just the powder. That's yeah, just oh a little gosh, extra effort so with good. the powder. It's so much better than or from the bottle. You put that into like a little tub of sour cream and make a little dip. Dang right. You make you a dip. You can make you a marinade. <laughs> make you a dip. <laughs> um, buy that powder in bulk. You can get it at the Costco. And then
0: okay, Rob, bro, dude. I, I I don't understand these people that dip their fries into frosties. Have you not tried this? I've tried it. There's, it's not. It doesn't provide anything to either the frosty or the fry.
1: Oh, Rob, I'm 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 totally with you on this. It's so good. No. The combination of the hot and the cold is good. The combination of the salty and sweet is good.
0: Those are normally good combinations, but I just I don't get the hype. I've tried it. It's a fry with melting frosty
1: on it. I replied to him that I've also made this work at Dairy Queen because it's essentially kind of a soft serve type thing. So it also works Why are well you talking about Dairy Queen. That's hmm. almost as bad as talking about Brahms. How dare you? No, that's, they're both trash. Listen, listen, I will, I will fight you. Kyle Jacobson. <laughs> Brahms is trash. As soon as you understand this, we can be, but no, like this, the Dairy Queen soft serve. That's pretty good to dip a fry in as well. I can testify to that We'll have to have Kyle on here We'll have to Merkle, Texas Did not have a Wendy's Therefore I can testify To a lot of Dairy Queen I grew up with All the above And let me just tell you Including Texas nachos Y'all ever had Texas nachos? I don't even know what that is Oh man I don't even know If it's on the menu anymore But that was That was a staple Growing up At the Merkle Dairy Queen On I-20 What else you got? Do we have any other questions?
0: Um, not a question per se, but Ricky Morning replied oh. to my, my retweet of the video of the yeah. Kansas atmosphere. It says, I want to see this Big Monday for Texas. So he wants to see that environment on Big Monday when we host Texas on date that I'm about to read to you. March 4th,
1: your last home game, senior day. That could happen. He says he's going to be there, so... That 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 could happen, and I hate to say it, but it kind of depends on what happens at TCU. Yeah, there's a lot. Two days before. Uh, sometimes, sometimes, I'm going to put some qualifiers in here. It's a lot of qualifiers. Sometimes our... That's three. Some of our fans... Four. ...are not the most loyal when it comes five. to basketball.
0: <laughs> there's five qualifiers in that team. Well, I guess sometimes it was three, but... Three of those,
1: but it, UT is a big draw,
0: which is interesting. Back, back to that point, how much effort that Chris Beard has had to do to get students to games like this past weekend, they were giving away food yeah, it's free nachos. Like, if you're in line waiting
1: to come in the game, we're gonna give you food. I know, but the what's kind of it, I don't know if anybody really knows or cares that much, but it, it almost backfires a little bit because when you just lower the nacho prices to two bucks for nachos. <laughs> Oh, you're only giving me the
0: 2 buck nachos?
1: Yeah. I mean, what? The, the, you'd feel like you're getting something if it was still $6 nachos or whatever it was before. Or like Kansas when they're not giving you anything. Well, no, they're giving you shirts. T-shirts. The first 3000 people that if 3000 students get a white white t-shirt. i would be a lot of students in white. Cuz 3000 students is a lot. Yeah, cuz you you hold what 5 or 6000 students? That sounds right, but I I don't know if that spills over into the general admission area or not. Because I think, I think it, it's great when like the students actually go straight up behind that one back where like all of it students, and then you get the wrap around behind the benches. Right, and that the, these poor guys have to shoot free throws on that side on the second half. And then you're you got the you got your Dwight Schrute head cut out, and your the Raider Riot guys and the,
0: the bathrobes and speedos. Yeah, that's I'm proud of you guys. The fishnets, fishnet stockings. It's like the, um, oh, I I can't remember who does it, but it's the uh, the school that does the the curtain of doom or whatever. Where they they have some kind of distraction behind it, right before they do it, they they pull back the curtain. Yep.
1: They had um, I've completely forgotten who that school is too. But, but they have, have a celebrity back there sometimes. Or I'm trying to think of his name. I I should. I think not, it's the curtain of distraction. Or yeah. Dad, why why don't we know this? Why don't we know this, this answer?
0: He's he's a professional swimmer. Not Ryan Lochte, the other guy that won all the, Michael Phelps.
1: Oh yeah, he was
0: there in a speedo one game, and they showed video and everything. Arizona State. See, and why would why would? Anyways. Yes, that backdrop for shooting free throws for the opposing team in the second half, is quite, inti- I wouldn't say intimidating, imposing. Yes. I'm also a big fan of. They are keeping track of the missed free throws. I didn't know that they were doing that. It it's like a strikeout counter, at like a, a baseball game. They have like opponent missed free throws, and it's like a big board too. Like they hang numbers on it. Oh, okay,
1: okay. The Taking last, some
0: pride there. The last time I saw, I saw their update was like 76 or 77 missed free throws, which over a season is not like a ton, but
1: the fact that they're keeping track. Taking pride in it, it's pretty cool. I want I want to bring up something random that I I just figured out recently. Uh, I guess it's okay. An
0: hour seventeen
1: in. Yeah, sure. On the it's our first distraction ever. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well it's it's related to tech sports. If you guys have been listening to the baseball games like I have or basketball games, whoever's on there, whether it be Jamie Lynn or Jeff Haxton or or Gustafson or whoever when they sign off, you know, they say, uh, you know, this is Texas tech sports on Learfield IMG college. Yeah. I noticed that too. Okay. And for the longest time I thought it was some weird marketing gimmick where they were saying, I am G college because they say it so fast and they say it every time and it made no sense to me. But, Learfield merged with a company called I M G college, United States, largest collegiate sports marketing company. Right. And so their official name is now Learfield IMG. Yeah. Learfield IMG college. So that's why they say that at the end. But I just thought, what? that's just, just a weird thing to tag on. What is this? Some sort of viral, not (laughs) viral, but am I supposed to type in who is G college? (laughs) Try to learn something. (laughs) Oh man. No, uh, now I've, I'm, I'm searching the hashtag G college on the Twitter (laughs) and and learning about this sponsor that I've never heard of before, but I've, I cracked the code. So if y'all noticed it too, and y'all probably figured it out way before uh, I did, but if hacks or somebody signs off with, this has been Texas tech sports from Learfield IMG college. It's all one. It's one corporate entity, right? But just kind of the way they say it makes you think that it's, it's not. It doesn't feel like it's all one thing, but I guess we'll get used to it. Yeah, because when they first, did that, I was thinking about the IMG Academy,
0: which is like that prep school. I don't know where it's. I think it's in Florida that like football players will go to. It's that weird loophole that like a player can go to a school like IMG Academy post high school, pre college, and not be losing eligibility or maybe it's like if they graduate early they can go to img i don't know i i, I thought there was some kind of connection there like here's img college like the the next step up from IMG academy and
1: oh okay okay Was well, are, are we trying to build some kind of weird recruiting pipeline that's that's better than where <laughs> i went first because i even mentioned this in the slack chat and then y'all probably didn't have any idea what i was talking about because no one replied to it <laughs> thought, well, Michael's that, just being insane. That happens to me a lot, by well, the way. No way responds to me. I just threw in there because I, the first time I heard it, Jamie Lynn said it. And I could have sworn he said, I am Jay College. And I thought... It "Oh, did have a Yankee j-? accent. Well, I just thought, did he just nickname himself Jay College? I am Jay College. Because his That's name's Jamie. It was.
0: That's what uh, now. I Now I remember your, in, your reference. Like,
1: When yeah. did...
0: When did Jamie Lent started going by J College.
1: Yeah, I thought, man, does he just start calling himself <laughs> J College? And I, I was like, man, I fully support this. That's that's a pretty cool nickname. It, I get it. I it was just, it and, you know, I'm J College is what I heard, and I thought, yeah, okay, I can Heck get behind. Yeah, Lent. And then later on, I heard Hacks say I'm G College. And you're like, well, his name starts with well, a G. his name starts with a G. And like, but but that's Jamie's thing. Are they both calling? Is this some joke that I'm not in on? And then <laughs> what did I miss? Here? Yeah, I finally figured it out. It's, so I've cracked the code that probably no one needed to, uh, no one needed cracking other than maybe you and I.
0: Yeah. Really quickly, since you mentioned, Haxon, Sunday at the baseball game, they gave out Adios, Muchacho towels.
1: They looked like they were officially endorsed. Which you would hope so, because there was uh, I can't
0: remember what it was. There were T-shirts, I think, last year. And Keith would know more about it, but they were not officially endorsed, and like somebody made a lot, lot of money off of it. Not named Jeff Haxton. It's his phrase, and he should be the one. Yeah, benefiting off of that. So this looked like it. it obviously, it came from the athletic department. So anything that should go back to Haxton. Some I, some piece of it, you'd imagine. Yeah. Okay, so those are your questions. Going yard update. I have to tell you, it's been too cold to get out there and put that pre-emergent down. I talked I talked it up a whole lot last week, and I didn't do it.
1: I called a guy to. To get on his schedule. So I'm going to get pre emergent. You need put to put down pre emerged. Pre emerged before the end of this month. Yeah.
0: It's, it's I'm on the schedule.
1: End of the month. So that's like next Friday. So right. my yard will be nice and green.
0: Yeah. But it's it, like I said, the green dye is to help them make sure they didn't miss anything. Right. Not to paint your yard green. Yeah. I know. Which I, was my, my first. I was like, why are people paying for people like? Why are people paying that? It looks so doesn't, stupid.
1: Doesn't make any sense. I have seen people do that on rock landscape though, and that doesn't make sense to me. But the the pre like the dye on the rocks, the green, on rock landscape. Why don't you just use Roundup? Well, it, they may have something like that, but, but it, it may not be the same spray. It may still be, but it still looks really silly. Well, yeah, to it's someone's a, someone's it's a com- temporary dye, someone's green rocks all over their yard. Well, it's it's pretty dang permanent when you don't run your sprinkler system and you live in West Texas. Yeah. That green dye rain. lasts a long time on rocks with <laughs> 19-inch annual rainfall. <laughs> it's going to stay there. Yeah, so I, I drive I'd, by that house a lot and I'm like, "Yep, green rocks. Sure why not?" <laughs> February 19th, I think we have like what a quarter of an inch this year. Oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Our last big rain was that 10 inches of snow. It doesn't count. That was November. No, I, it, uh, yeah, it, it probably was, does it count. Early December. That's what it was. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was the first week of December.
0: Anyways, here I am. Real close to the mic. <laughs> um, it's getting late, y'all. We're going we're gonna to probably get out there in the yard this weekend and do our pre emergent. Because, like, like I mentioned, this weather that we're actually in the middle of, this cold streak that we got today. Well, it's cooling since Friday, I think is when it started. Culminates today. The high temperature today was 32. Currently so, 27. Yep. The rest of the week looks fine. We're back up to 56 tomorrow. 64, 65, 59, 63, 68. Bunch of numbers. Doesn't really matter. Um, warm enough that the pre-emergent will go down this weekend. And I will continue to, to dominate the neighbors.
1: I did see one weed in my backyard today. I have one weed. In one my, little tiny. Against the fence. Tiny so. weed. It was, in, it was right smack in the middle of the yard. And I, Which I was, I was upset. It really sucks for Bermuda guys. Cause like
0: all of their lawn right now is yellow cause it's dormant. So like anything green in a Bermuda
1: lawn is a, is a weed. All the lawn is yellow would be a good, uh, a good remake <laughs> of a song. <laughs> um, before we get to songs though,
0: I, I want to say that like, I don't know how it's happening, but the, the side yards on the house are both green and growing currently. like, to the point where I've almost thought like it's time to mow and there's a little spot off of my back patio that's coming out of dormancy and growing in green. But like the majority of the backyard looks a lot like the majority of the front yard. It's like, it's not as bad as Bermuda, but it's like, it's dormant. It's pretty yellow. It's not currently growing. I've been watering it like once a week to kind of encourage it to come back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then of course we get this cold streak and it undoes all my, 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 Purchased water. All your plans. All my plans. Um, Squashed. Yeah. So I I may be mowing here pretty soon. That's ridiculous. I actually like it. No, I know you do. One, it'll help get rid of all the yellow because the the, it's only the top of the grass right now that's yellow. Everything underneath it's still green. So when I cut it, cut all that yellow off, and it'll be green, and I'll get all the um, tumbleweed debris out of the yard, hopefully.
1: I'm going, to, I'm going to, I think I'm going rake first. That's yeah. So well, ex- that's, that's what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to, have to I want to put off mowing until April, if it, at all possible.
0: Here I'm talking like middle of
1: February. I'm, I'm ready to start mowing again. No, man. I'm not. I, no. And, and can't wait. F- first thing I've got to do is clear out all the dirt that's blown in okay. over the winter months in so, my yard and try to get all that out of there before I last year mow I, over it. I, I
0: made, I made funny before, but like, I noticed it. Maybe a couple of weeks ago, the front edge of my yard that faces the majority of like our wind that comes in from the West, there's like dirt coming out from the crack onto the sidewalk. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting
1: it too. Yeah. Well, because you didn't have grass there last year. Right. Cause so it, it, it was it would it, just blow in. Yeah. It wouldn't would settle. Like didn't like, have anything to collect. And now that you do, it's like, Oh, it's a magnet for all this dirt. and I don't know what to do about it. Well, you just how, how do I dig it out elbow do, grease, man? How do we dig dirt out of grass? You just <laughs> you just rake the hell out of it onto the sidewalk and then blow it off or sweep it up. I try to, I at least sweep it up as much as I can so that I'm not that guy that's blowing dirt and clipping grass. Cl- dirt I just everywhere. That. I I mean, I I still I, I sweep up as much as I can every time, but there's still going to be parts of it I do blow out in the street. But I'm I'm not the guy that just you stand in your yard blow it out yeah <laughs> just that, that's enough I'm gonna get this completely off of here no I I, I try to pick don't it up. don't do that
0: by no. the way don't blow your grass clippings into the street like hoping for the wind to take them off no
1: it's because it just takes them to your neighbor's yard or they just sit in front back of your in house. your <laughs> yeah or it sits in front of your house and then it rains and then, it and just, then it's stuck there and yeah like, oh, look and it washes away it's just just gross so, yeah, I, I think
0: I'm gonna have to go get like a leaf rake, even though we don't have any trees. One, to get all those stupid tumbleweed twigs out of the yard. because I think they're, they're thick enough that I don't want to run over with the mower and there's enough in the front yard that like, it's gonna
1: be a really loud affair to run the mower over it even. That's yeah, probably the best thing. Well, if they've got the they little go after the, the dirt, if they got little seeds in them and stuff too. You that's may what not, the pre-immersion's for, bro. You really trust in your chemicals.
0: That's what they're there
1: for. Well, if you can just you know, because I'll have put bring a rake d- over it, it'll be all right. Well, that's, that's like I said, most of, the, I'm
0: trying to get most of them up with the rake, and then go after the dirt. I was thinking about trying to clear out the, the crack between the grass and the sidewalk with the edger. I don't know if that'll. I'll, I'll only get like the crack and won't like get the grass, the dirt that's in the grass. Yeah, would be like this little weird little hump in there.
1: It's a it's a process, man. <laughs> Never thought I'd have to rake out sand from the yard. Get sand out of your grass. Alright. Another good country song. Speaking of country songs. Yeah, this is this is country esque. It's blues blues jazz Folksy. Yeah. It's got a little bit of everything. I I was out in Florida visiting family, as y'all know, a couple of weeks ago and hung out with my brother in law and he played a lot of the Tedesky Trucks band. Wait, you mean
0: they didn't play like a lot of Florida Georgia line? <laughs> Like it seems like that, that We're on the a very, a very they're on Florida. the Florida
1: Bama line is where they are, but yeah, they're the, on the West side yeah, of the Florida Bama so. lines a little bit more underground. They're, they're not quite, <laughs> they haven't quite made the airwaves yet. Uh, it was, it was funny. We, her, her folks live about 20, no less than that, probably 15 miles from the Alabama state line. And so we went up there one day cause there's a neat lake and a neat park. The second we crossed the state line, the first vehicle I saw had an Alabama Crimson Tide <laughs> license plate and all sorts of stuff all over it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah here, here we are. are. <laughs> here we are. We did it. But no, we, I, I hung out with my brother-in-law, and he played some Tedeschi Trucks band. They're uh, just a great band, uh, husband and wife team. I think it's Susan Tedeschi and Derek Trucks. Derek Trucks played with uh, Greg Allman. Or whichever Almond Brothers still alive. Sorry, y'all. My music trivia is failing right now. But he played with him for years, and uh, they're they're just a kind of a mix. They've got horns. They've got two drummers, uh, <laughs> which seems excessive. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it works, and all sorts of percussion and everything. So they're they're a fun band. I think that's they'll be a good one to end on. And and it kind of worked out because the song. Spencer's gonna play It's called Just as strange And we started out Talking about strange food We did Strange food combos So Michael wanted to Preview live version
0: Of the song So I
1: like I like live versions
0: Live from the Fox Oakland Yep Bobbing his head over here. Got some keys. All
1: right, for
0: Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for joining us on the 23 Personal Podcast.